Hey babes and welcome back to the Magic Kathy show. Today is a really really special day because I have one of my favorite humans in the universe on the show, Colin from Queer Cosmos. He is one of the best astrologers and just like such an amazing person. I met him in New York. We had the best co coffee date ever and I've I just fell in love with him straight away and now I really consider him to be one of my really really good friends and I'm already excited to meet him in New York really really soon hopefully and I know that you will love our conversation because we recorded this episode and it was just such a blast so many insights on relationships astrology even humanity like so many things you will absolutely love it and if you listen to it it would absolutely mean the world to us if you could screenshot it share it on instagram so we can also reach out to you and know that you listen to us and we can then share you a little love as well and if you enjoyed the episode and the podcast in general it would be amazing if you would leave us a five-star review on itunes so that more people can actually see the podcast and Throughout the month of September, I also have the giveaway open where you can win a free coaching session if you leave a review on iTunes. So take advantage of that because maybe we will dive into your astrology chart, your human design chart or your life purpose in an in-depth session with me. That would be so amazing. I would be so excited to meet you. So don't forget to leave a review and now enjoy the episode. And welcome to the Magic Kathy Show. I'm so freaking happy to have you here. And It's an honor to be here, Kathy. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, our chat in New York was already amazing. And yes. I just wanted to provide your wisdom and knowledge to my listeners. So I'm so grateful to have you here. And I'm excited for our conversation, obviously, because it will be amazing. I can already feel that. So before <laughs> we jump straight into it, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I'd be honored. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I had a wonderful time in our chat too. So my name is Colin and I am an astrologer. I write uh, for my website, QueerCosmos.com, which is a comparative resource that explores universal spiritual themes and astrology for queer identified people and of course our allies. I've been a working astrologer for about two years now and I have uh, weekly horoscopes with Cosmopolitan.com, the United States version. So my horoscopes are there, and I've been a monthly column, columnist for astrology.com too. Uh, I've, I have three books uh, total under my belt, and I just can't stop writing in true Gemini fashion, and I just cannot believe I get to do this for a living and meet people like you and connect with your listeners in this work. It's such, a, it's such an honor. Yeah, it's amazing, and you're actually in the process of writing your <clears throat> next book. That's what I've been seeing, yeah. Yes, yes. So I just finished the third one, but I have to do like a copy editing version. So it's going to come back to me. Um, it's very cool. It's all about the Zodiac sign Gemini. So my first publisher 
uh, was able to create a whole series of, of books per each zodiac sign, and they asked me to write about Gemini. Ooh, yeah, of I course you would. Of course you would. <laughs> right, and you would need to write about Leo. I mean, obviously. Maybe. Right, you need to write from your experience, so yeah. it's super fun, yeah. But I mean, as you are Leo rising, I'm pretty sure you could <laughs> provide us with insight on Leo too. <laughs> totally, totally, I know. It's very easy for me to, to share the value of Leo because it's funny, Kathy, a lot of people really don't understand Leo and they're like, well, so what? They're all about like themselves and entertainment. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's so much deeper than that. And I don't even have the time to explain it to you, but just, <laughs> just know you're wrong, right? Yeah, it's so true. Right. Uh, but yeah. still, like you explained Leo to me in such a different way, especially like when it comes to my chart, it was just yes. like eye-opening because I think I told you that I didn't really identify with a Leo, even though I have the tattoo of a Leo. A gorgeous Leo <laughs> yeah. tattoo, right? Yep, yeah, go ahead. But still, but still I mean, it's it's something that I'm probably just learning to tap into, which has to yeah. do with my Chiron retreat, basically discovered in yes. my reading. So really yes. interesting. But something I'm always really interested in is how astrology found you. Like, how oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And I love that you said, how did astrology find you? Yeah. Because I believe that with so many of these systems, it really, it kind of seizes us, yeah. right? Like we don't go out stumbling for it. It just, yeah. once, it, once it happens, it grabs a, a hold on you and never lets go. Astrology found me actually through my mother because she had read uh, Linda Goodman's Sun Signs. And it was just a part of her vocabulary while she was raising me, my twin sister, and my older brother. And she would say things like, oh, my God, my Gemini twins, because I'm a Gemini and a twin. <laughs> um, and she would lovingly make fun of her Leo husband. And I was like, what is all this you're talking about? And then she introduced me to it really when I was about 12 years old, because I was trying to find a gift for somebody I had a crush on. And she's like, well, what's their sign? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then we just started looking that. We just started looking there. And it's been in my life ever since. Yeah. That's so interesting because, I mean, that you are a twin and you are Gemini and then your mother has like a Leo husband and you're Leo rising. She's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I, yeah, and she really did. She, in that true fashion, she just kept looking around like, oh, what is this universe? Why are you playing all these jokes on me? Like, I can't yeah. deal with it. Yeah, so. So cool. Yeah, yeah. actually, really interesting because um, I never wanted to do anything with astrology and then... Yeah through human design i re i remember that astrology is actually out there so i yes. have this feeling of maybe i should just look into it because it's a part of human design but i really don't want to do anything with astrology and now look at me i'm like <laughs> a total geek <laughs> like, <laughs> that's great and you know yeah. what i love that you i think what's beautiful and actually what will set a lot of astrologers and spiritual practitioners like you on a path towards success is making your craft as multidisciplinary as possible yeah. So I think it's fantastic that you started with human design, which then trans, uh, kind of transmuted itself into a astrological inquiry because people connect when the language is a little bit more universal. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just want to validate that. And for anybody else who wants to get into our world, it's important that we also have a wheelhouse of other things that we can connect astrology and human design to so that people hear us from a different level and from the level we're speaking from. Yeah, definitely. And something yes. that I just love about how you talk about astrology is that it's not so like on the, per of course, it's, it's all about the person, but it, at, the, right. at the same time, it's all about us as humanity. Yes. It's so much more on like, 
our whole world basically because we have like every single zodiac sign in us and so many people just don't get that and they think oh it's just my horoscope and i just have to look what the stars up in my leo sun whatever right it's so not about that it's, it's so, so exactly and i love that that's what you connect to too because yeah i think in order for us to really be as spiritual practitioners and just engage global citizens in order for us to really transform so much of the cultural problems that we're seeing we must shift our consciousness from all about me to all about we. And astrology is one of those, is one of many tools that gives us the language to make that progression. Yeah. So thank you for highlighting that because that is absolutely one of my core values in my work. And I really appreciate when other people see that coming through. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, because that's what actually got me into human design because I saw human design as something. If I understand like every single human design type, I understand basically every single person that is out there because I just understand their energy. And I never saw that in astrology before. Yeah. And now that I know human design, I know that it's so linked. Yeah. And yes. so knowing beautiful. more about astrology, it's basically the same. It's even deeper. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what, Kathy? I also want to congratulate you for that because be since you have taken these steps in the initiative to understand others, so other people will want to know more about you. And that's what's kind of exciting about you know flipping this script is when we shift from all about me to all about we, people show up for us in a different way. People want to help us in a different way. People want to hold space for us in a more meaningful capacity because our consciousness is less self-referential and more relational. And people feel that and people mm -hmm. rise to occasions around that. And people want to help other people who are more interpersonally concerned than all about themselves. Oh, so yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think that's like the perfect introduction to our topic. Yes! <laughs> yeah, would you just like to explain how you experience people showing up that have, have basically like uh, yeah, for the first house and seven house access, you can probably explain it a lot better than me. <laughs> oh, you'd be, I'm sure you could do a great job. So please interrupt me. Like, you know, there doesn't need to be a lecture. So yes, Kathy is referring to uh, two of the 12 houses in the chart. And for your listeners, there are 12 sections of the, of the chart called houses. And the two that we're going to speak about are the first house, which has to do with identity, our kind of convictions, our courage, our, our divinity, our charisma, our sense of selfhood, right? It is that kind of me area of the chart. Mm -hmm. And the seventh house has to do with the we area of the chart. So that governs our relationship with relationships. It's our ability to compromise, our ability to negotiate. It is our ability to have a mindset that holds my values in perfect equilibrium with other people where there's win-wins and there we don't even have to go to the no deal space, right? We're always searching for a place where everybody is happy and that is the axis of the personal with the relational. And I think we had mentioned that in our reading. It's something that most people need to understand nowadays because the current public health crisis that's affecting a lot of Europeans and a lot of Americans uh, is loneliness. And that poses cardiovascular and cognitive dysfunctions for people who are experiencing loneliness. And astrology is a, a very valuable resource for people, particularly when looking at it through a first and seventh house lens to find the tools to regulate loneliness and to find the values that help them connect more meaningfully and know what kind of partner they're looking for, what kind of partner they are as well, and how they can use the school of thought to help them feel more connected and find more belonging.
Yeah, that's so interesting because I mean, how you explain it is like you obviously you have your north node in the seventh house, and I, I have do. yeah, and I have basically the opposite in my first house. Exactly. I always feel like my purpose in life is to find home within myself and the connection within myself. And for like obviously you see it like from a different perspective. For you, it's right? Like, how can I find like home within other people too? Yes, yes. Oh, you just gave me chills, Kathy. Absolutely. <laughs> and now for people who don't know what the nodes are, these are aspects of the chart that uh, we all have a north and a south node and they're in polar opposite signs, uh, which is a real fun uh, kind of vehicle to understanding the paradox, to understanding the law of opposites and effects in astrology. Um, and Kathy and I have opposite placements in our chart. Yeah. So as Kathy said, she would like to find belonging within herself and that's the first house, right? That's her north node in the first house. How does Kathy find belonging to herself first and foremost? So Kathy, more than many people, actually does have a little bit more permission to kind of be <laughs> self-referential and autonomous and independent than others. And I have the complete opposite curriculum, which as Kathy said so beautifully, how can I find myself at home in the space with other people? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what most people are hoping to find the answers to. And since you and I have those assignments, that's why this conversation can be so fruitful for other people who are looking to answer the same questions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, I can probably learn a lot from you also because you are Leo rising and it's basically the opposite to your North node as well, which yes. would be kind of like the optimal state for me if I if <laughs> like that. Yeah, obviously, but you know, it's, right. it's a hard challenge for me and you obviously yes. have to understand that I don't come from that place and that right. I definitely have to kind of like, learn and explore how to get there yes. so it's yes. pretty inspiring yes. obviously to, for me to see you and i i think the other way around T totally because yeah. you know what there is definitely a limit that i have with how far i'm willing to negotiate to make other people feel happy and that's not something i'm particularly proud of right i know <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> i know when i am hijacked with the first the first uh house south node and i'm out for blood and i'm like who do these people think they are telling me what to do and then i'm ready to fight and it's like, yo, Colin, get a grip, right? And then I'm particularly inspired by you insofar as how relationally concerned you are, how compromising you are. And also as a Leo woman, that's not easy because mm -hmm. of how fixed, how fixed a Leo <laughs> element is, right? Yeah. They are very specialist, they're very, fo very focused, very unyielding when they have their mind made up. So yeah, you inspire me, hopefully as much as I could provide you with templates to feel as autonomous and independent and secure within yourself as possible. Mm. Why do you think is exactly like this axis is so important for like humanity at large, even if people don't have like the exact notes? Oh, that's a great question. So I believe that relationships determine the quality of our life which is a research outcome that was brought forth by Esther Perel, who we spoke about in our mm -hmm. reading too. And she does say the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our life. So it's extremely important for us to understand that the context of self and all that that entails related to personal, professional success is often qualified through our relationship with other people. Who are we but through love given and received with as many mm -hmm. people as possible, right? Who are we? Yeah. And that's why it's important for us to understand, particularly as spiritual seekers, that there are higher spiritual mountaintops than us manifesting our dreams and us, you know, making our career goals come true. Yeah. Yes, that's important to feel self-actualized. Yes, that's absolutely critical to develop self-trust. 
is it the spiritual capstone? No, mm. right? It's about the love in your heart for others, even when they compromise you, even when they piss you off, and how deep you go with the people you claim to love and how you put that into practice. Mm. And I think it's really important for us as both people who are of a secular orientation, like you appreciate psychology, you appreciate other things that aren't just woo-woo, and then we definitely have our metaphysical passions as well. <laughs> Bridging the best of those to tell other people your connections with other people are the answer. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. So true. In my opinion, also, like how I see it is because there is, I, I think I told you that, that in our reading that there's just no better mirror than other people. And with, if we um, just like yeah. refuse to see that, we can't grow also individually as a person. Yes, and that's yes. why I'm kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with relationships, but like not just intimate relationships. I know what you're saying. In general, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just like always trying to find like what the yeah. answer is or the message is through other people. Why I'm attracting with, certain people and how this is actually a sign for me from the universe. Yes, yes. no, without a doubt. And Kathy... I loved what you said, relationships as mirrors. There is no doubt in my mind that that is the divine truth. Yeah. Will I know that right away? Not immediately. Because of, <laughs> right, because of my uh, north node in the seventh house. It's going to take me a little bit long to get yeah. there. But since it is your south node, you came into this lifetime with that kind of, as my astrology mentor, the astro twins say, the south node is your spiritual PhD. It's yeah. like you came in with this into this lifetime with that curriculum already completed. Mm -hmm. And now it's a matter of transferring that on the level of empowerment on the self. And you're totally right. And I think too, one of the things that I always say when we're having these conversations related to, you know, autonomy and in the independent first house and closest relationship in seventh house is that subconsciously, everybody knows everything. Mm. And when we are all about ourselves, people know it. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. People know it. <laughs> if we're a little too, you know, self-obsessed, it's extremely obvious. Yeah. And people know when we are really invested in connection and belonging and relationship health as well. And that's who they want to help. That's who they want to be around. And that's when they mirror the quality of the energy and the attitude that we bring forth in connection. Yeah. So yes. Oh, yes. So much yes. But the, the, the interesting thing about astrology is that obviously you don't sit there and just make a plan of your life because you see your natal chart and you see where your north node is, your south node, and where you should go and how you should approach that. So right. it's all really intuitive in, in some kind of way. And in high totally. tech, you basically look back and see like everything is basically written in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Actually, I'm just going to show you. Because oh, I, have, I have that. There here. we go. Yes, it's, it's in a journal and it says yeah. it's written in the stars for people yeah. who are listening. Absolutely. And I think, too, what astrology provides us with is just a little bit of framework to think about it. Mm -hmm. And in the most mundane level, it inspires people to consider wow, maybe relationship skills aren't in the air. Maybe I wasn't just born learning how to do it. So, could I possibly educate myself yeah. with this school of thought or with other? secular systems that help train me to be a little bit more interpersonally connected? Absolutely. Especially because as we've said time and time again in this podcast, relationships determine the quality of our life. So let's increase our relationship uh, competence as best as we can to actually achieve the dreams and the lives that we deserve. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, I grew up in, a, in an environment basically where 
people put always the blame on other people. So, mm. <laughs> and I, I was mm. just like so sick of that. And I see yeah. that still in our society that so many people are just like blaming other people for their circumstances or if exactly. uh, something is coming up and whatever, there's a, a conflict, right. always the other person is like the problem and they are just oh, right. not seeing anything, which is like so frustrating. So frustrating. And you and I, as Capricorn yeah. moons, right? <laughs> Look at us taking this long to acknowledge that we have the same emotional hard drive. Um, that's, that's, our first in, uh, that's our first impulse is what part did I play in this relationship yeah. malfunction, right? Yeah. And yeah, we want to remember that it takes two to make a pattern. So if there's a part of you that, you know, the seventh house shadow expresses itself in, it's going to create relationship difficulty. Absolutely. And one of the most enlightened things that spiritual seekers can do is take 100% responsibility for the part that they played in the conflict. Even if it's 5%, mm-hmm. it's a matter of going deep within and saying, okay, where was I defensive? Where was I too controlling? Where was I demanding? Where was I too passive? Where was I disengaged? Where was I numbed out, right? And when we can isolate that part of ourselves, take responsibility and tell the universe, I'm willing to do this differently because I would like to connect to other people with more meaning. That's exactly what happens. Mm, Yeah, exactly. And how did you kind of develop or strengthen (laughs) your North Node a little bit more? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, I think the universe in its uh, perfect intelligence made me a twin, right? <laughs> so I had to learn before I, was, I took my first breath here on earth, really what it means to connect to another human being. I think when you're a twin, you're kind of indoctrinated into the school of interpersonal affairs, yeah. whether you like it or not, right? <laughs> so that, you know, that really helped. And she's two minutes older than me. And boy, does she act like it? Okay. So she's definitely the alpha and you know, I got to take the, all the orders from her and I love it. But yeah, I also think too, I just sort of followed my curiosities and what was so amazing about the Norse node and the way the universe organized itself, Kathy, was that time and time again, I found myself asking questions around relationship theory and interpersonal connection in all of my research interests and landing on that field primarily and then feeling very validated in my skill to study and apply it. Mm. Uh, And it's been wonderful. And I think, you know, also too, as I'm sure a lot of your uh, viewers and listeners want to know, is people were coming to me for relationship advice all the time. I was like, why are you coming to me? And it's the same with like (laughs) starting a business. You know, what your friends come to you with help on is probably what you should go into business doing, right? And I had a lot of people asking me questions like, where did I go wrong with this person? And, and where did I not rise to the occasion? And how did I not say what I needed to say? And, and I really sort of understood from the, the vast majority of that pattern occurring in my life. Well, damn, I guess people see me as some <laughs> level of authority in this field. I might yeah. as well keep studying it. And it's really proven to pro- provide a lot of value and vitality and fullness in my life. Wow, that's so interesting because I think I also mentioned before that people actually ask me about their relationships a lot and I'm always yes. like, why me? Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck? Exactly, exactly. And that's probably where our nodal uh, yeah. opposition, even though it's in different houses, yeah. is just as again, people subconsciously know everything. They know that there's a certain je ne sais quoi that you and I have when it comes to interpersonal connection. Mm. And that's why they're going to ask us the questions. And I also think too, that's the universe's way of really validating the fact that every relationship is an assignment 
which mm-hmm. is a, a principle brought forth in the Course in Miracles. So central casting, the universe, God, whatever language we want to use to understand these things, assigns people to each other. And then they, and these people ask the questions to Kathy, like, hey, I'm struggling with this partner right now. What do I do? And there's yeah. the assignment. There's the lesson. Kathy feels empowered in her first and seventh house nodal axis. And the person who asked the question, the listener, feels clarified in their practice because of your wisdom. Thus, yeah. the assignment is complete. And I think that's one of the ways that we could see just our nodes shine through other people. Because again, relationships are mirrors. Mm. And it's so important for us to really focus primarily on that, especially given the state of the world right now. Yeah, that's so interesting also because I, I mean, the advice that I always give is really, like when I just reflect on that, it's really focused on the individual. So whoever comes to me, I always make sure that this person is completely in their own power, which is yes. really like the first house. And for totally. you, I feel like it's kind of the other, the other way you also see the other person. And I yes. feel like I can definitely improve on that and see like, you, you know, there's a different human also involved. <laughs> well, right, it's, which is always a hard thing to remember. And it's funny too, because I think it shows that often the universe assigns us to people who have the opposite curriculum, mm. right? So we, I'm pretty firmly in my power wherever I go, South Node, First House, right? Whether or not I trample on other people in that process is a whole other story, right? And the universe assigned us together, right? Because you have the opposite curriculum. The vast majority of my friends are extremely relationally concerned, very interpersonally aware because they teach me what I need to internalize for that seventh house Mm -hmm. south node to be manifest. And then my south uh, node in the first house goes right in there and asks people questions in terms of why are you settling for any less than what you deserve? Completely you. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then there's my value. And I'm just like, and why didn't you own your shit? And why are you clinging to these other people? Do you really want to know why there's no attraction? Because you've abandoned yourself. It's like boom, 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 boom. And then they see my demonstration and hopefully glean some instructor from that. But I, of course, learned so much from yours because of the the seventh house north node curriculum that you have, which is opposite mine and therefore the most instructive. Yeah also really interesting my sister has the exact opposite to me so basically the same as you yeah she wants to she studied actually psychology and she wants to be like a relationship coach or something like that amazing so that's really interesting and i feel like why did my parents kind of manifest these children (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) oh my god well again look at the university's perfect wisdom it usually assigns people through contrast and as as we've spoken about with your parents they do lean a little bit more on the self-referential. It's everybody else. It's not me kind mm. of side. And so the universe in its perfect wisdom would give them two children who are much more relational than they are and thus hopefully provide the education they need to step outside of that pattern. Maybe. <laughs> right, maybe. The day is young. Who if knows? they start listening to us, maybe. <laughs> I know, two Virgos. Good luck with that. But you know what? It could change just given how much Virgo energy is happening. And also to Virgos, as most earth signs, they just got to learn the hard way. And you and your, and your sister are demonstrating the other possibility, which they are paying attention to. Yeah. It just takes them a little while to kind of admit intellectual defeat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, time will show, basically. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So speaking of the world at large, which I'm really like, I'm actually used to really be into politics, but then I kind of got more spiritual. But now, like, I see how you link politics and spirituality, which I'm like so fascinated by. Because oh, yeah, it, yeah, it brings me into um, yeah politics even more. And yeah. something that I always, I mean, I don't know if you have certain aspects in a natal chart that you are most drawn to look at because mm. for me it's definitely pluto and chiron i'm like so i mean that's pretty obvious with my eighth house energy yeah of course of <laughs> course of course so do you yeah. have like certain favorite topics to look at yeah well it oh god i honestly i should probably talk more about pluto and chiron in my work with people um, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, kind of consumer of all the literature on the moon. I think oh, yeah. the moon sign just completely fascinates me. It's the crown jewel of the chart, you know, and you and I have the same one, which yeah. was why, like, when we spoke, it was like, oh, I've known you all my life, right? Because... You know, sorry for interrupting. No, you. please. You know why I think that is? Because your Chiron is in Cancer, I feel like you are so drawn to the moon. You know what? And yeah. you just gave me an aha moment. And yeah. so you know much more about it than you know. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yes, right, exactly. And cancer is ruled by the moon. Cancer yeah. is the archetype in the chart that introduces emotionality to astrology. And the, and the luminary that is most corresponding to that theme is the moon. Absolutely. So yeah. there we go. And my Mars <laughs> is in cancer too. So yeah. yeah, I'm just fascinated by that. And then you have a Chiron in Leo. So, of course, you're interested in Pluto, which is, of course, an extremely transformative energy, easily the most powerful, and Leo is fascinated by the depths of power. Yeah. So, of course, that's why you're interested in learning more about that. And then I think because you have a Chiron in Leo, it does ask you to just, like, look at our personal power, which is, of course, a Plutonian concept in a different way. Mm. So, yeah, I would think it's definitely the moon, but I'm fascinated by Venus. I love the way that we relate to others. I think Mercury is a fascinating energy as well. Sentence construction, analytics. I think they're all beautiful. They're all yeah. different kinds of candy yeah. to me. But I think if I want to have a deep dive conversation with somebody, I'm going right into the moon signs and the aspects mm. and the houses that they're in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you provided me with so much insight on my moon because I never really looked into that. I was always like, oh, okay, yeah. Capricorn moon, so I'm not so emotional. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Whatever. No. Meanwhile, that is, and interestingly enough, and I'm not just saying this because it's mine as well, but it is a, it is a luminary that is often considered in detriment because the moon um, rules cancer. So because yeah. Capricorn is the polarity sign to cancer, the moon is considered in fall or in detriment in Capricorn. But really, the invitation is just related to emotional self-mastery and emotional discipline, which is what we spoke about in your reading, um, and also providing a tremendous capacity for empathy in other people, because empathy, generosity, compassion, all that, these are systemic, very practiced, structured practices that we can offer to others, which a Capricorn moon knows how to do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah true and what would you say about the pluto generation because obviously we are both pluto and scorpio and i feel yes, like yes we are so beautiful i yes. mean yeah just go ahead yeah well see i can speak from the american point of view and i'm curious to know too from your uh german cultural heritage as well that uh so the pluto and scorpio generation is anybody born between 1983 and 1995 right so in order to understand the kind of plutonian marker we need to then kind of look back in history and see what was happening in our country of origin from 1983 mm -hmm. to 1995. And in the United States, um, as across all the world as well, 1983 was the beginning of the AIDS outbreak. 
And that was very much a Pluto and Scorpio kind of theme because it represents death through sexuality, right? And of course, that's Pluto. Plutonian values is death. And Scorpio has a lot to do with the truth and the erotic impulse, sexuality and transformation. So the entire social fabric of the United States was being drastically restructured. And the conversations that we have around sexuality, sex and gender were being transformed through the cultural landscape and often through an enormous amount of difficulty and pain and anguish because in, in the United States, the Reagan administration didn't even say the words AIDS until seven or eight years after the outbreak. So 350,000 gay men died in New York City in that time because that administration didn't even name the problem. So it's very much Pluto and Scorpio, denial, denial. <laughs> I, this doesn't affect yeah, me, yeah. right? And I don't want to look at it, so therefore we don't even need to think about it as well as the fact that in the 80s, that was when the United States saw, and I can't speak for Germany, so I'm curious to know here, that was when the United States saw a kind of uh, media hegemony related to the fact that all of a sudden now advertisers could go on the news, objective information was becoming increasingly diminished. It was also the, the, the falsified belief in trickle-down economic theory in terms of if we boost the uh, wealth of the upper classes that will trickle down to the middle and lower classes. Sure. That's a, right. That's a crock of shit, right? Yeah. So it was really just related to a lot of lies and dysfunction. And then, and then last but not least, I think that the Pluto and Scorpio generation started its trajectory in adulthood around 2001 during 9-11. So I'm a native New Yorker, right? And that I was in the middle of the throes of it, yeah. right in the middle of that crisis. And we literally watched the destruction of world trade, again, back to trickle-down economic theory, placing profit over humanitarian values. We're lying to people left, right, and center. We saw that happen in the turn of the millennium, and that marked us through and through. And that's why since we're coming of age and we're, a lot of us are in our Saturn return, after our Saturn return, or about to enter it like you, mm. we are rising to the occasion around the self-correcting forces mm. that allows us to transform it because we have literally seen so much of American culture die before our eyes. That's the Scorpio-Pluto theme. And thus through the ashes, are we able to transform and renew and provide new life into the culture that we need to do. So that's what Pluto and Scorpio in the US was all about. Yeah, I mean, I only know that as far as I studied that the Berlin Wall was falling when Pluto <gasps> yes, yeah. 1989. Yeah, oh my god, what's going on in Germany? <laughs> yes, yes, and no, that's so true. Absolutely. So there was uh, East and West Berlin, correct? Yeah, sure, right. Um, right, and it was under communist regime, and then the Berlin Wall. Absolutely. So that marked the Pluto and Scorpio for German citizens. Yeah. Right, and then you want to wonder what did that do? to then contribute to my ideologies? What does that do to the fact that where am I bringing down walls between people who are actually more connected than they think, yeah. right? And those historical events completely texture our ways of thinking, our practices, and our values. So yeah. absolutely, so true. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like always like, like whenever someone then says that all of that is, a, is basically coincidence, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's like crazy. <laughs> so. No. No. And you know what I think too, what I've appreciated about learning uh, about Germany's culture and mm -hmm. how it relates to Pluto and Scorpio 
is the power of redemption and the power of radical Maya culpa. Mm. Because where a lot of countries are looking to Germany's lead is how Germany handled the end of World War II yeah. in terms of acknowledging full-blown, this is our contribution to the world. We take full responsibility for the Holocaust and the crimes against humanity that we committed. Yeah. We're going to provide reparations for Jewish people. We're going to educate our citizens so these mistakes don't happen again. And we are going to clear this karmic debt from our collectivity because mm -hmm. we do not want this to happen again, but we have to be willing to confront the shadow. Yeah. Right? It's true, but at the same time, I know that in Germany still to this day, it's hard for us to have pride for our, yes. for our country, basically. That's like a huge topic and we all feel like, yeah, we shouldn't do that. Like there are no. big, big shouldn'ts and like everyone fair. else. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And you know, I'm an American, so who am I to say? <laughs> but I do believe that your your ability to show the the moral and spiritual soul force that comes from a full blown Maya culpa mm -hmm. is deeply inspiring. And you sh and I don't want to use the word should, <laughs> but your culture should be proud of the fact that you demonstrate the efficacy of this spiritual principle, which mm -hmm. is the atonement, the confession, the radical responsibility of our wrongdoings. And, and I think Germany is really a beacon of inspiration to the fact that you can self-correct even when the worst crimes are committed. Mm -hmm. So that's, and I do look to Germany for that example. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I want to say about Pluto, because I, whenever Please. I look at, at a natal shot, I see Pluto as an indicator for our life purpose as well. Yes, yes. And you know what? I'm going to indoctrinate you. Yeah. So as it turns out, that makes you, as, as well as your fascination into the nodes, Kathy, an evolutionary astrologer. <laughs> yes, right. I know. Look at that fancy title. Yeah, so evolutionary astrologers love to research information related to the nodes mm. and Pluto as a source of inspiration and power. So yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, because I mean, for me, I have Pluto and Scorpio in the 11th house, which oh, is great. all about, you know, humanity, future vision, life vision, like all about thinking big in my, in my opinion and how we can basically find our purpose. Like that's the biggest thing in my business as well, showing people how they find their purpose and how they contribute Beautiful. to the world and, create something out of their gift that really heals the world. That's, that's, that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, and you're already doing it. And yeah. I think that's so beautiful to look at it in that way. Absolutely. Because yeah, when people hear about Pluto transits or something related to Pluto, um, it's in shivers of astrologers' yeah. spines. I actually, as you, what degree placement is your moon sign, honey? Do you know off the top uh, of your head? Here, you know what? I have your chart, so I'll look yeah. it up. Um, but I just finished um, a Pluto transit conjunct my moon, Ooh. and it was deeply, deeply painful, but it absolutely catapulted me, I think, into the life purpose that I have now. So I just want to validate that that yeah. theory is absolutely correct. Yeah, I want and to say your... something about yours as well, if I... But just oh, sure. go ahead first. Yeah, That's actually, my... you know what's so beautiful? You're 17... Capricorn moon. I'm 18 Capricorn moon. We are literally, it's like, <laughs> hello. Of course. Right? Yeah. So when I offered you my apartment, I totally meant it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that Pluto transit just finished in the moon sign um, and it was really transformative. So what did you, what did you go through in 2016, 2017? Cause that's when it happened for you. Well, that's a good question. Like really don't know on the top of my head, but okay. I mean, I moved 
probably because I always move. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that's very Plutonian. Yeah. Do you know like the months or is it like generally? Well, because Pluto is an outer planet, oh, yeah. it takes one year to stay in one degree sign. Mm. So it was in 1617, um, the, your degree placement back in 2016 and 17, yeah. right? So that's how long it's been there. And it was a two-year aspect, but I'll get the dates and send them to you because yeah. you're absolutely right about Pluto. And thank you for providing that resource because I don't, I feel bad that I don't go into the outer planets as much as I should. <laughs> I can do it for you. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'm going to bring in Kathy. And now we have the princess of Pluto. Right? Yeah, I'll bring you right in. But true. And you know, isn't it amazing that you're teaching um, and true to your 11th house placement, teaching Pluto through technology. Hello. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the 11th house or through this podcast yeah. and through a community at large. Yeah. And like that's, and also what does it mean to belong to a community? What does it mean to align with a special group of special interests, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also really popular for uh, a, a Pluto in the 11th house. And also, what does it mean to honor the duty of friendship mm -hmm. and express your friendships and connections in a meaningful way? Yeah. yeah. And do, you know, do you know why you have Pluto in the fourth house? <laughs> oh, I feel, well, the way you ask me <laughs> makes me feel like you already know the answer. <laughs> um, but I can go into it. Do you know why I have Pluto in the fourth house? Like, I mean, I feel like because you basically, I mean, what you, what you do with your business is basically transforming how we have like relationships, love, life and home. And that's what you do already. Oh, and that's basically really like fitting to your North Node in the seventh house as well. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for saying that because that's exactly what I would have said as well. Yeah. And also related to um, what Stephen Forrest, who's an evolutionary astrologer, a real giant in the field of that. So I highly recommend his work. I went to one of his, uh, his apprenticeship programs last May. He believes that the houses that determine relationship connection with other people are full. It starts at the house number four. So that's when we, you know, feel safety and intimacy with another human being. So house number four is super important, right? It's also the house of home and family. So we are looking for a partner who feels like home and family to us, mm. right? So it's four, five, seven, and eight. Yeah, and that's what goes, we were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. Through your reading, learning about yeah. relationship connection. But yes, so I think that's where my Pluto in the fourth house comes from. And also just sorting out um, family karma. Totally, mm -hmm. right? And ancestral work there. Uh, my twin sister and I were the first people in our families to graduate college mm -hmm. and to break a lot of uh, vicious patterns related to addiction and other kind of like life dysfunctional patterns. So there's a lot of Pluto in the fourth house transits. Uh, Pluto in the fourth house uh, configurations that have taken form in my life, absolutely. How has Pluto in the 11th manifested for you even more? I mean, I think really through my business and that I always had this, I always had this pressure inside of me almost that I wanted to find my purpose and that I wanted to find something that is bigger than myself. I always yes. wanted to create something that when I'm dying is still on this earth. <laughs> like yes. I just wanted to make sense of my life and create something that is just so much bigger and more than me. It's not about me. It's about like all of us. One hundred percent kathy i swear our moon sign connection is too much because literally just last night i kept hearing spirit the universe tell me like it's not about me it's not about yeah. me i'm just the faucet i'm not the water i'm just the lamp i'm not the light it's not about me 
I'm going to yeah. tell you more about that when we go into your human design because it's totally reflecting in that. Oh, okay. I <laughs> yeah. know. So, and, I, and now, how did human design find you? Can I flip the script a little sure, bit and sure. interview you? So <laughs> when was the moment when you were like, oh, this is for me. I want to learn about this. So I, I think I saw it on Facebook. Like someone just wrote about human design and I looked into it and I saw how complex and complicated it looked and I ran away and I was like, no, yeah. that's way too much for me. And then I... <laughs> I don't know. I was always so fascinated by personality tests and stuff like that. So I don't know. It, it kept like appearing and it kept like, I kept reading about human design. So I was obviously curious with my Sagittarius. Right, <laughs> I was like, okay, I just, I should look into it. And then I found out that I'm a projector and I, I basically read about projectors and I was like, yeah, now I know why stuff doesn't work for me, why I am like I am. And it just made so much sense for me. And I felt so much more compassion for myself. And that really helped me again with my whole issues in the first house. So yes, I was like, okay, yes. well, it makes so much sense. And then I started studying about people in my life and what their human design is. And I felt so much more compassion for them, especially for my parents. So I was mm, like, I wow. need to provide people with the knowledge of human design because it just can really transform our relationships. That's, that was my first yeah, uh, thing. And, and, and I, I want to validate how that's probably not the most common realization mm -hmm. because in terms of like, usually people stop it. I just want to know about me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whereas you were saying, I want to know about this because my relationships will transform. Yeah. That speaks so well of you, Kathy. Because it's true. It's like, what, wh how are we engaging in relationships if we don't understand our values, our insight, yeah. our dowry, our relational dowry, the things we inherit from family of origin in terms of what determines our relationship philosophies and practices? Mm. Like, who are we if we're not firmly rooted in those conversations? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's extremely dangerous. So I love that you use these systems to find um, opportunities to provide clarity and peace to other people. And also what I love about your work is it shines with such integrity related to inclusion and accessibility. Mm. You, you don't weaponize this information against anybody. And it sounds like you empower other people to use these tools, not just for, you know, reading your own diary or staring <laughs> at your own asshole, as Americans say, or navel gazing and staring at your belly button, but really to, I shouldn't say, uh, you know, we can curse here. It's a, it's a safe space, right? Um, but really using this as a, as a tool to, to determine the quality of the one thing that determines the quality of our life, which is relationship. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I also think that just like seeing it from a future perspective, what would happen if we raise our children according to our uh, design? Like the world would completely be different. That's and, so yeah, true. That's no, so it's incredible. so true. And I want to, just because we can geek out about this in sure. Capricorn Moon fashion. <laughs> so one of the, the most, uh, one of the most inspiring TED Talks to me was uh, uh, one by Dr. Joanne Davila. And she is a psychologist out of Long Island, New York, which was where I was born and raised. And what she determined is that there are three skills that qualify one's relational competency, so romantic competency, mm -hmm. and how we connect to other people. And it's just a skill-based model for relationship functioning, right? And the, the first one, and this is doctoral research, and she's taken 15 years of investigations and a lot of methodologies. The very first one is personal insight. Mm -hmm right? Yeah. So who am I? 
what triggers me, what makes me happy, and do I have the language to invite other people into my existential world, right? The second one is mutuality. So where, like, how, and this actually manifested in our relationship on the first day because I got sick and I called you and I was like, I can't do this reading tonight. I'm so sorry. And you were so accommodating, so understanding, so flexible. I could hear it through your tone of voice. You're like, don't worry about it. Feel better. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Right. That was that mutuality component, Mm -hmm. right? Like my seeing you tonight does not outweigh the fact that you need R&R for this cold you have. Right. And then the third one was emotion regulation. So it's how people use healthy self-soothing strategies to get them out of discomfort and into relative peace of mind. And often that's through enrolling other people in it. So say you and I are a couple and we have to go to a fancy party. I don't really want to go to it because I'm a little bit more on the introverted side and it makes me really anxious to be with a lot of new people. The way that I would incorporate insight, mutuality, and emotion regulation is I would say, Kathy, of course, I want to go to this party because I know how much it means to you, but it really does make me nervous when I have to meet with new people. So if you can just reach for my hand every couple of, you know, half an hour or whatever, just so I know that somebody's there. And if you can just make sure that you include me in conversations and pull me in through asking thoughtful questions, that would make me so happy if we could do that. Yeah. Right? And there we go. We're going <laughs> to your party yeah. and, I'm, and I'm providing you with the recipe to get along well with me yeah, and to self-soothe. And I'm sure you can glean that information from the human design chart and you damn well, it's in your astrology as well. Mm. Oh, yes. Right. So it's just there is so much information out there for people to know their personal and their relational lives. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's all energy and human design is basically a study of energy. And yeah. same as with astrology. So <laughs> totally, yeah. Just using different language, but I think we're yeah. ultimately arriving at the same conclusion, yeah. which is personal empowerment. So, yeah. how has human design helped you in your first house stellium? Uh, I think the most important thing for me was to really see that I just work differently and that I shouldn't put the pressure on myself to make it as everyone else does. And okay. that I, I just have my own way of, for example, doing business because it's really different for projectors and that yes. this is completely okay and that I don't have to push all the time <laughs> and that it's okay to rest because with my Capricorn energy, it's Ugh. hard for me to rest. <laughs> I know, really I know, yeah. I know, yeah. I know. It, it literally, uh, that moon sign of ours is like, get to work, get to <laughs> yeah, work, get yeah, to yeah. work. I know, it's so hard. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. Yes, it is more than okay for you to rest. Go yeah. ahead. And it's still, I mean, I don't feel like that I'm resting, but at the same time, being a projector, it's, I use my workforce energy for something else, for example, for learning and studying, and that yeah. gives me more energy and it gives me more, it, it, it's not just as draining as working, for example, with clients, even though I love that, it's, the, it's just hard for me to maintain my energy because I don't have my own energy. And it was so hard for me to realize, actually. Yeah. No, totally. You know, one of my best friends has a moon in the first house just like you. And yeah, if she, like, her subconscious mind just cannot place her emotions or her lack of energy on the shelf so she could show up for other people. It just can't mm. do it. She has to be completely secure and full and fed and all of that before she could show up for service yeah. for other people. And that gives her relative license as well, because like you, when she shows up for other people, she is absolutely there. 
yeah. you know, just like as I know you are as yeah. well. And she provides such a space of listening and compassion and energy for others. But if she doesn't tend to herself first, she shuts all the way down. Yeah, so true. Right, absolutely. So, and I know yeah. that I have basically done that for the majority of my <clears throat> life. So it was really insightful to just see how I can just flip a little bit in my life and it makes such a difference. Like really yes. putting the focus on my morning routine, for example, and really like taking care of myself, whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> I yes. did do that my whole life, obviously. Yes, no. And I especially think with the Capricorn moon, we definitely need some element of consistency and groundedness and centeredness as soon as we wake up. Yeah. It's like totally essential, right? I just did it this morning. Yeah, I deep dive cleaned my apartment last night. It felt so good. I woke up this morning and I just knew the energy was different because it was spotless, yeah. right? And I went into my meditative course in miracle space and it just every second of it, I was like, oh, this feels so good. This feels so good. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. That would be actually an interesting question. Like what's your morning or your daily spiritual routine? Ooh, yeah. Because let's be very clear for the people who are listening, there is no serious spiritual path that does not give sanctity to the morning. Mm. Right? Right. So let's just acknowledge that. Uh, my first thing that I do when I wake up is, of course, I have coffee because I'm not an animal. <laughs> right? Me too. Right. Okay, good. So when you sleep over, we'll go right into coffee space. Okay. If there is um, no coffee, I won't come. <laughs> Just saying that. See, and that is a true Capricorn moon right there. Like, excuse me, there better be coffee. No, trust me. If I could show you right now, I'm staring right at my uh, percolator right there. No, so I have my coffee and I sit down and once I feel totally uh, awake, I do the workbook Lessons of the Course of Miracles, which is a self-study program of Universal Spiritual Themes. Um, today's was so beautiful. It explained the giving, the concept of giving, and that the more we give, the more we receive, mm -hmm. and just really allows us to understand that so many of us think that giving is almost like, I'm giving this to you because I hopefully want it back, and there's yeah. a strange attachment to it. But the Course of Miracles says that the spiritual seeker is generous out of self-interest because only what I give away is ultimately what I keep. So I meditated it on that for five minutes, got dressed, and then I called you. Perfect. There Perfect we go. morning, basically. Yeah, truly. I know. I'm being lit up with my Capricorn Moon sister. I am around people who I love talking to and hopefully providing some clarity and value to the people who listen to your podcast. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure because I just love the conversation. We are almost at an hour and I feel oh. like we could basically talk for oh more my God, forget hours. It. <laughs> forget it. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything else that you think is absolutely essential for us to review for the people who are listening to our show? I think people have to digest everything we said because it was pretty packed. It was, I know. <laughs> but we really can definitely was. like repeat that at some point. Yes, yeah. yes. It would be my honor. We could have like a Capricorn Moon series or something. Yeah, oh right? my gosh, that would be so amazing. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it, there we go. We're working together, but we're like vibing together and we yeah. love this work and we love being of service to other people. Yeah. And no, this has been such an honor. And honestly, Kathy, you really demonstrate the best of your astrology. You are Sagittarius warm and so sweet and thoughtful and all in and you shine with so much fire. And then of course you have that Leo charisma and that worthiness. And just as soon as you walked out of the door, I was like, wow, what a queen. Hi. Hi. I know, like boom, there she is, right? But then that Capricorn moon totally delivers on the work and the, and the ideas and the values and the dreams that you set forth. Um, which is so beautiful. You really, I love when people express the best of their chart 
it's just, it, it's such a gorgeous thing to bear witness to. Um, so I'm just honored to bear witness to that. And I really appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you so much. Because obviously I don't know that because when you are in your body, you don't oh, have yeah. that. Yeah, you know, then it's always good to have someone oh, no. that's actually really like intelligent when it comes to the whole topic. Telling me yes. that is like, wow, <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> no, totally. And listen, I've been doing it for years and I always think it's funny when people go, oh my God, you did that because you're such a Gemini. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I didn't even, yeah, I'm on autopilot. I didn't even know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is really nice when you have people to, who just sort of, you know, testify to yeah. your chart being expressed. And uh, if ever I roll my eyes at you and just laugh at something, it's me going, oh my God, Kathy is so her astrology. I love it. So that's, yeah, full disclosure. That's what that means. Okay. Nice. So thank you so much. Uh, I'm pretty you. sure we will hear each other pretty soon. Yes. And just let, let uh, our listeners know where they can find you because I'm pretty sure they will stalk you now. <laughs> oh, it will be my honor. Let me know that you found me on Kathy's show so I can connect to you more deeply. Um, you can find me on my website, careercosmos.com, where I have all my reading options there as well if you'd like to talk to me one-on-one. -on -one. And then on my Instagram, it's careercosmos2, and that's all spelled Q-U-E-E-R-C-O-S-M-O-S. Perfect. Everything will be linked down below so you can Please. find him. And yeah, thank you. thank you so much. We will chat soon. So yes. yeah, have a good time and bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you loved this episode just as much as I did. So if you did and you listened to it, we'd, we would actually love to see who you are so we can connect to you. So just share a screenshot or something on your Instagram story so we can reach out to you and stay in touch with you and get to know you. That would be so amazing. And if you liked this episode, also leave a five-star review on iTunes so that more people can actually see the podcast. That would be so amazing. I just want to send you so much love and yeah, step in your magic.